Welcome to the Christway Connect podcast, creating pathways, connecting people to Christ, to others, to purpose. Welcome to the Christway Connect podcast. Uh, in studio today, Jeremy, Deli, and not Arnick. And not Arnick. Arnick's on vacay. We have. In Florida, Josh is joining us. Thanks, fellas, for being here. Woo! Appreciate you. Uh, Let's go, Josh. Getting around the mic. We are wrapping up the book of Acts, which seems like a like a rite of passage, like a mile marker or something, you know? Yeah. Having gone through the Gospels, and then, what are we on? 22 to 26 this week, yes. right? Mm-hmm. And today we're looking at chapter 24. So uh, this is such a unique section of Paul's life. And also, I think, to keep into context, this is kind of the end of the Paul life story. Mm-hmm. And before we turned on the the mics, we were talking about it being kind of a precursor beginning to Paul's writing story. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So Paul is in prison and he's reviewing his life. And you have to think he's reflecting on his life and writing to the places that he's been to visit. And so as we jump in into the epistles coming up, we I think it's I think it's neat that Acts was put together this way, that we see Paul's development as a as a believer, as as a just kind of a outsider to an insider to the guy to now then we're going to read the letters that he's writ- written from prison that these letters that he's written to these places that we've seen mentioned all through acts and uh I that's that's worth a study if you want to put some time into really understanding the the perspectives and the and the timeline well I think it's interesting and we may take it for granted that the books that we're about to read in the next few months are letters we say epistles, right? But l- l- long emails, basically, mm-hmm. right? Yep. That were written during these chapters. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. yeah. How old were you when you when you learned that the Bible was organized in the epistles based on how long they were? Yeah, I might have been in my thirties. Yeah, I might have been in my thirties too. I was like, that's that's why it goes Acts, well, Romans, you know, yeah. First and Second Corinthians. Well, yeah. and I it's thought like, you think Matthew's first. Yeah, you, and then and Matthew's not actually first, right? No. Mm-hmm. Uh, Mark would have been the first gospel. Wait, what? Yes. <laughs> Welcome to the party, I was today years old when, when I learned that. Yeah. yeah. Right. So yeah. Mark first, and then the Synoptic Gospels, and then all these letters, and actually John being. After these. Yeah. Oh, well, yeah. Yeah, well yeah. after. Well years, after a lot years, of them. Sometimes mm-hmm. maybe 20 plus, 30 mm-hmm. years later. Yeah. Yep. Mm-hmm. Right, and while you bring it up, those books are written in that order basically because of size. The biggest book took preeminence, and that'd be Romans and then mm-hmm. Corinthians, and you're working your way down. So yep. to see that Paul wrote these letters, you could run a timeline. You are always fond I of like timelines, timelines, right? You mm-hmm. <laughs> run this chapters in Acts with an associated book of... Mm-hmm. Uh, an epistle, right? So mm-hmm. Ephesians was written here, or Galatians was written here, and and it's arguable, but it's within four or five years usually the the window of yeah. if it's in the early fifties or the sixties or whatever that may be. Yeah, and your and your uh, message you mentioned the podcast with Tina and her connecting. Okay, this happens, then this happens, and the, and the systematic. If you're a systems guy, I think mm-hmm. a lot of us are. Mm-hmm. Then you think things work, and this happens, then this can happen, and then this enables this. And uh, God doesn't always work that way. He's very 
three dimensional. So the th- the things that apply to your spirit in the moment don't happen in the same order that they might have happened in Paul's life. Mm-hmm. But I think what we see Paul doing here is reflecting on his life and how Jesus has changed him and how he has expressed that and how people hear that and those different things. How, how do, how has Jesus affected my life? What, what has his change meant in me? What is, well, how do I, how do I absorb that? And then how do I share it with someone else? And then what their reaction is doesn't change my message. You know, Paul's having to defend his faith mm-hmm. to all these different people over and over. It doesn't change his story. It doesn't change his connection to the Lord. But everybody else has now got a whole new story that they're, they're starting to work on. I think that's, that's pretty neat. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was even thinking about the nature of, you know, he's, he's in uh, chapter 24. It talks about him just being two years um, in this place and thinking about how either he's, he's very loosely in prison. He's talking about like uh, Felix is like, okay, I'm going to have you here. Uh, my guards will, will still let you meet with your friends. You know, you can, yeah. they can take care of you. Like all, you know, like I'm just seeing like a very, uh, not luxurious, but it's, it's, a oh, very, it's house arrest. It's house arrest. It's, yeah. Yeah. They don't have fancy bracelets, but they have <laughs> guards that they just say, you're going to watch him yeah. and make sure he doesn't do anything he's not supposed to do. And, and, and so they're meeting with them. I mean, in my mind, he's probably, like you said, writing letters, maybe even passing things out, like even asking how, how are these people doing? Like mm-hmm. what, maybe, maybe even, I have no idea, but like, what does it look like in that timeline of like. Um, he, he's being tested right now, or not tested, but uh, questioned about the resurrection of the dead, you know, all these things. And then I was also looking at 1 Corinthians, and he writes a lot about in 1 Corinthians about the re- resurrection of the yeah. dead, you know. So is, is he writing this at the same time? Is he, is he like, hey, uh, I'm, I'm, I, I don't know, you know, but it's just very interesting to me how, how these things do overlap and intertwine and, um, you know, hitting him reflecting on like, well, man, there's a lot of tension I'm getting right now from the Sadducees and the Pharisees of, you know, like, okay, the Pharisees believe this, but the Sadducees, yeah. Right. (laughs) That's Mm -hmm. a fun part. Oh yeah. That's right. Yeah. (laughs) He's like, watch that. I can just hear him talking to his friends. Like, watch what I'm about ready to say. That's Paul. (laughs) That's Paul, the teenager. Yeah. (laughs) Right. Pitting mother against father and knowing what they're going to say. And I also think he, if you look at, you know, my take on his personality, pre-conversion versus his personality now, although he's, you know, setting up, you know, those guys against each other, but he's also, it seems as if he's, he's at calm, he's at peace while he's defending himself. And he and he makes a defense and says, look, the reason I'm here, as Deli said, is because I believe in the resurrection of the dead. Mm. And I personally, even, even this week thought, you know, for those of us that are consider ourselves followers of the way, as he says. I've used that for years now. Mm -hmm. Um, We would be all on trial Mm -hmm. as well in that era. So he, uh, I make that personal connection with Paul there, and I've done it before, but this week it really hit me as, you know, just what simply we we believe would put us on trial at that time. Mm -hmm. You know what I think is awesome, too, is to consider what would we say. Yeah. Right, so you guys know that. I just had a conversation with a guy that drove up here from Atlanta, right? Mm-hmm. And we were sitting out there talking, and we were talking about when uh, identity in the church, 
when particular religious parameters become identity and identity becomes idolatry. Mm-hmm. And we were talking about those dynamics, right? And if we're fighting for, and I'll put it in air quotes, right? We're fighting for truth or we're fighting for the gospel or whatever. What would we be trying to defend mm. if we're on trial as a disciple mm. in the way, right? Mm-hmm. In which we all are. Mm-hmm. But what would we be trying to defend? Yeah. I think that is a fascinating thing to consider mm. because that's going to be the thing we value. It's probably going to be the thing that is our identifying mark, yeah. maybe the priority of the gospel, on and on, right? Mm-hmm. And he says, it's all about, well, uh, let me see, which one was it? Of course, I'm going to mess up Festus and Felix, but um, Festus maybe in 25. Yeah, 25. Yeah, yeah. He's 10. telling Paul's story. Right? Yeah. He's relating yeah. what Paul said. And he's like, you know, he's and some other thing about this man named Jesus who... You know, Paul, a dead man who Paul claims is alive. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Whatever. Like, yeah, but like that's that's yeah. what Paul's pushing. Yeah. He's like, Jesus was dead. Now he's alive. Now he's alive. Mm-hmm. And that's what I'm willing to go to the mat over. Mm-hmm. Who was it? I was talking, I think, were we talking? And somebody's social media came up and like, oh, you believe in fairy tales about mm-hmm. Jesus being raised from the dead. And it still is the... The deal maker. It, it's still the deal maker, the the point of tension. Sadducees, Pharisees, religious, non-religious, is their life after death. And I I quit a job after uh, I was working at a children's home that was has was moving from a Catholic foundation to a more just secular worldview. And the director said, "As uh, we need to expose these children to as many religious beliefs as we pa- can, because as far as I know, nobody's nobody's come back from the dead saying they got it right." And I was like, <laughs> "I know a guy, and he—that's exactly what he did, and this is why we know he got it right." And and so it's like, yeah. So no matter what, this is that's kind of the the hinge pin of the, mm. the gospel, I think. Mm-hmm. He's still alive. Yeah. So, uh, what do, what do you think in the trial today? How have you been reflecting on that? Right. If you were brought to trial as a follower of the way. Well, I, I you know, there's there's a the way you explain it is, or what we say even on this podcast is, you know, Jesus is the way. Everything else is a conversation. The way I've explained it for years is, there's things I hold in a closed closed fist. And there's things I hold with an open hand. And really those things are in the closed fist is, you know, Jesus is our Savior. He was risen from the dead and he's alive and well. And how do we defend that? Mm. I think this, I don't know. That's the answer. Like, I know how to scripturally defend my faith, Mm -hmm. but I find myself even today, literally just before I came, Mm. not 30 minutes ago, maybe 40 minutes ago, saying to somebody that works for me, this is where I go to church. This is what we believe. This is why we're different. And it had nothing to do with defending Jesus. It had everything to do with um, saying that we love connection. Mm. Um, and, and I guess to answer your question, Andy, it's hard. Like, mm. uh, it's not hard to defend. It's when to defend. Why defend? Or do we let Jesus defend himself? 
maybe that's not what you're looking for. Ah, I'm not looking for anything. <laughs> <laughs> controversy gets uh, ratings on our radio shows, so yeah, that's what yeah. I'm looking for. Is kind of well, I think we're going to be in, in trial underneath <laughs> the religious leaders is who we're going to be, who's going to have us on trial. Just like if that's what's going to happen, we're going to be offending somebody who's been religious with freedom. That's what I would think. I wouldn't. That's if I was going to be on trial, it'd be because I wasn't strong enough in my condemnation of something. Interesting that this is our theme today because earlier this morning I was in a, a business meeting with someone mm -hmm. and I was doing some coaching and they, uh, you know, we were done and they said, Hey, before you go. And they needed to say they had an event today and someone friend, this is kind of a convoluted story, but a friend of theirs was in town staying with people in Terre Haute here. But the people in Terre Haute are very uh, atheistic, right? I mean, just not into God. It's silly. Oh, my God. Are you kidding me? The, you believe what? Mm -hmm. Right? This thing you guys are mentioning. Yeah. Mm -hmm. ago, right? and, and, and yet they're going to be at this event today, which is very faith-based. And, and so we prayed about that, that moment. And the thought was, uh, my prayer was, uh, Lord, not a surprise to you. And I'm thinking road to Damascus the whole time I'm praying, <laughs> right? And that people have their, doesn't the scripture say man makes his plans? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Right. But then and the Lord the path, yeah. comes so, in yeah. mm -hmm. and uh, intersects, mm -hmm. infiltrates, right? And I'm like, Lord, plant the seeds that need to be planted. Guide with your spirit the way it needs to be guided. And some of that is being present in those spots, but letting the spirit of the Lord be the spirit of the Lord. Fight your own battle. Like I'm, I'm comfy um, telling someone, here's what I believe and here's why I believe it. I'm, I'm really super comfortable saying, all I can tell you is I used to be blind and now I see. That's about all I got for you. And Jesus was in the conversation when that happened, right? That mm -hmm. kind of story. Uh, other than that, God doesn't need me to be his defense attorney. So if often what I'll say is if he can't, he, she, it, whatever, if... If he can't pony up for himself right now and talk to you exactly the way you need to hear it, I don't know that I'm going to bring anything to the party. <laughs> yep. I don't know if that's uh, dodging a bullet or um, dead on bullseye. Right? I don't know. But that feels authentic to me mm -hmm. that I don't need to defend him. My life is given to him. If you're asking me about that, uh, I'm not wishy-washy about that. He's the change agent in my life. Yeah. Now, everything else about it, uh, I don't know. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you want me to tell you how you need to change? Yeah. That's not my... Yeah. <laughs> I am not your judge. I am not your shepherd. I am not your king. That's... And I don't know you. That and I don't... I don't know the inside of you like yeah, he does. right. I, I barely know the inside of me. Yeah. To... Scripture would say we... We don't. Right. Yeah. Right. Hard deceitful. Who can know it? Right. right. Yeah. 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 Which I don't know. Is that contending for the faith? To me, it is actually contending for the faith. Mm. Doctrine? Maybe not. Right. Faith. faith. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Right. Contending for the faith. And to me, it's a better win. So when we talk about it around here, you know, I'm not, I say this, uh, I'm not a defender of the faith. I'm a defender of the space. So I can have a conversation about faith that you said a minute ago, right? I can defend faith and talk about that, but I'm not, that's not my priority. If I can do it. Okay. But I'm not interested in defending the, 
the faith or the doctrines. What I'm interested in is defending a space that allows people to come in, not to just connect with us, right? and primarily not to connect with us. Mm-hmm. But if we're a vehicle to allow them to connect with the Holy Spirit, that's the win. Because mm-hmm. I think that's the part that gets the job done in the way they need it done. And maybe that's come, some of that. I, I wrap my mind right now. I'm thinking of recovery community. And they say there are multiple pathways of recovery. Right? The way I found sobriety is not going to be the way you find sobriety. And I think that's what you're referencing a second ago, Jeremy, where you're like, I, I don't know your heart. I don't know where you are. I don't know those things. What you need. How you need it. When you need it. What you need Jesus to be. Did you guys see the shack? The the movie, Papa is a black woman, mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. and it's uh, Octavia Spencer. I cast her, when I read the book, I cast Papa as Whoopi Goldberg. That was my <laughs> casting of Papa, and I saw Whoopi Goldberg the whole time, right? And in the end, it's someone else. It's like I cast Sam Elliott, and I don't know who was. It was like a, a Native American-looking guy mm-hmm. that was in at the end. But the point of that was, at the end, he's looking at Papa, and he says, "Where's essentially in my casting, where's Whoopi? And Papa says, I'm who you need today. Yeah. I thought that was one of the most powerful, one of the most powerful realizations of God is that I'm who you need today. This is what you need. Interesting. Yeah. And I think Paul's doing that for these guys as he's talking to Felix and he's talking to Bernice and he's talking to Festus and Agrippa. Yeah. Yeah. He's, He's telling his, telling his experience, and I mean, he, the religious leaders. He's happy to pit against him, but I find that he's got a lot of grace to the the heathen or the the Gentile or the Roman, the people that didn't, the people that were not the religious leaders. Paul, just like Jesus, had a lot more tolerance for them for the non-religious than for the. So interestingly, in Acts 9, um, that's where Paul's conversion happens, mm-hmm. right? And, yeah. and Jesus, at least what's recorded, only a few things. Go to Damascus, street called straight, Ananias. Yeah. Pray for your scales fall, right? That's it. In 22, which is our reading from Monday, mm-hmm. he retells it. Mm-hmm. 26, which is our reading yeah. for Friday, Friday, he Tells retells it, it mm-hmm. yeah, right? Which, uh, some wonderful... I mean, some wonderful expansion of the story, right? Mm-hmm. Little details that we didn't mm-hmm. get before. When you just said that, Jeremy, he's, he's calm, he's cool, he's talking to Agrippa and Felix and Festus and all that. I'm sitting here thinking, and he's telling them his story. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He's not really arguing. Yeah. The way Stephen, right? When Stephen got stoned, who, he's who talking. He's doing to, that to the Jews, oh, right? Oh, man, he's, he's talking giving to religious you people. A, <laughs> a lineage of yeah. everything. A to nuts, A to Z. <laughs> And, and Abraham and Moses and Moses and, you know, just this whole thing that he gives. Paul, all Paul's doing to these people? This is what happened to me. This is what happened to me. I don't know that that should be lost on us. Yeah. Yep. And I think continuing on with that, I mean, in, in 26, you know, he's telling all these things. And, that, and I think you referenced this this past Sunday in your, in your message was, he's like, I was, I was not, the only thing that I was doing was I was not being disobedient to the vision from heaven. He continues on, he's like, I preached. Uh, that they should repent and turn to God and demonstrate with their deeds. And then he continues on at the end at 29, you know, like Grippa's getting a little upset. He's like, you think you can try and change me? Like he's like, and in my mind, I'm thinking like, get what you just said, 
he's just telling a story, <laughs> right? And I and I feel the conviction just coming out yeah. of it, you know, like like Agrippa's feeling this conviction of like, what what are you trying? To, are you trying to change me right now? He's like, no, all I'm doing is just telling you my story. Not and I want you, I just want you to listen to me and and you should just be what I am. <laughs> like that's all it is, except for these chains. Yeah, <laughs> except for these chains. So it's like, man, when we step back and yeah. recognize, like I. My life is is my my life is my defense is almost when you when yeah, we were talking about exactly. that it's like I can prove it like right here right now with I know what I was <laughs> I know how I was I know what I was living like and it has been nothing but His grace that has changed me and made me who I am today and and that is <laughs> that is my defense <laughs> and and that's what's going to scratch people's heads I mean that's what um Felix and his wife right like they sent him away and kept bringing him back like please tell us tell us more right he's uh, I forget her name Dar- Darius or something like that I forget her name but um was like what let me come back and frequently talk to you about um who <laughs> who you are and what you have done in these past years because they were familiar with the yeah. way right they were familiar with it they were it says kinda, that specifically he's very familiar with yeah that. very yeah. familiar with it so but it's like this is not the same that we thought. <laughs> yeah, so it's so crazy. Well, and he's at peace because he tells Festus. He says, you know, um, if if I committed crimes worthy of the death penalty, I'm not going to get away from it. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm gonna like he, I deserve. I'm it. gonna welcome that. I deserve it. Yes. <laughs> yeah. So I I just think again the contrast of the life story of Paul is coming to this end here, and we're really seeing. Obviously, the life change in the beginning of Acts, but a journey of um, a real heart change, even probably in personality. Because it, if you you know we read yeah. through some of the Acts, yeah. he was still pretty feisty, yeah. it seemed, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And maybe he's becoming, you know, a little more humble. So and, I, don't, I know yeah. you're you're a golfer, right? So uh, I don't uh, you know apologies if this is sacrilegious or something, but I'm thinking of Tiger Woods. <laughs> who, as a young man, was an arrogant fill-in-the-blank man. He was a rough character and not very kind and cutting and cutthroat and harsh. And then he had some falls and he had some scrapes and he had some pain, some life pain, mm-hmm. physical pain, mm-hmm. social pain, all that, right? Mm-hmm. And now he is the nicest guy, man. He like is calm and he laughs with people on the course. And just it. And in interviews, he's different. Yeah. And he's just, there's a... It, that's what I thought. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, he answers question with yeah. with compassion with and grace. kindness and yeah, grace, yeah, and not an arrogance. Yeah. And so very interesting that that you would identify how Paul uh, can shift in the end. When I'm when I'm I, I, even I'm preaching out of this this past Sunday, I didn't think about this. When he's talking to them and he's saying, "Here's here's what this Jesus told me to do." Mm-hmm. And I did bring out that point. Here's what Jesus is going to do. Here's what I'm supposed to do. And here's what's going to happen to the people that hear me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> He's giving it right out there. And he goes, and implication is, and I'm standing in front of you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right. This is my purpose. And I'm standing right here. Yeah. <laughs> in front mm-hmm. of you. And I begin to think of the, the heat, the, the anointing, the conviction, the work of the Spirit that's happening while Paul is doing what he was told to do and while Jesus is doing what he said he'd do. And these folks are the recipients. Mm -hmm. And this isn't rhetoric. This is Paul doing what he was supposed to do. 
and they're hearing it. And I, I'm sure that we've all experienced moments where you're in something and you know you're saying words, but you also know the power of God yeah. is working all over mm-hmm. yeah. the person, you that, can, uh, the when person I, that you're talking to. Yeah, because afterwards you're going, I have no idea what I just said. Yeah. And how did like, that end up the way it just did? No doubt. Because I, I was know. so unequipped. <laughs> and and when somebody comes up after afterwards, a lot of times it's sometimes days, weeks, months, years later, and you're like, I have no context for what. Yeah, I don't even know. I don't have any idea what you said. Mm-hmm. I don't have any idea what, what I said that made that impact. So mm-hmm. praise Jesus that you heard what you heard. And... Because I actually went home and was like, "Man, I bombed that." Yeah, <laughs> you, know, you guys, you guys may know this story. Uh, I'll, I'll be brief. I won't tell all the details. But one time years ago, a pastor of mine was preaching, and he was going to preach a long time. And he told everybody to preach a long and teach a long time. Several hundred people in the room, and he said, "If you see anyone moved, go minister to them. Go pray with them. Right while I'm teaching, I'll keep teaching. You just go do it." So I'm on one side of the building, and you three guys would be on the other side of the building, literally sitting in the front of the crowd. And this guy in front of you all doubles over sobbing. Just, I mean, like, just shaking, sobbing, sitting in his chair. And none of y'all move. <laughs> and I'm looking at you like, what are you doing? It's right there in front of you. The guy is weeping, right? And I see it, and I wait, and I wait, and I wait, and nothing happens. And I'm compelled to go over. So I walk in front of the speaker, and it's weird, you know, and I wave and, you know, make a joke out of it. And then I kneel down by this guy and start talking to him. I pray for him for, I don't know, whatever, half hour, some 15, 20 minutes praying with him. And when it's all done, he, he looks at me and he says, call me Brother Smith. He goes, Brother Smith, you prophesied to me. And I said, no, I, no, I, I didn't. I didn't. He goes, no, 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 man, you did. Like you, you told me my life story. I said, no, bro, I did not prophesy to you. <laughs> and we argue about that back and forth a little bit. I said, no, no, no. I said, I just told you my story. That's all I did. Mm-hmm. And that's all I did. Yeah. I felt compelled to tell him what God had done for me mm-hmm. in moments of my life, which is maybe why those other three guys sit there. We're not the ones. We're the ones. <laughs> yeah, right. yeah, not the ones. So was I disobedient to the vision, the calling? No. I walked. I mean, it took a minute or two. I'm like, what are you doing? But I walked into it. Tell him all I know to say, which is simply my story. To this guy, I'm I'm working in the gifts of the Spirit, you know? <laughs> yeah. And so, and when, the truth is, both of those things are true. Well, yeah. it is happening yeah. for him that way. Yeah. Right. And so, for Agrippa to look at him and go, "Do you think you're going to convert me in such a short time? Yeah. What is hitting this guy? <laughs> yeah, right? What is hitting him? What right? is yeah. hitting Agrippa?" Yeah. And then Paul's like, "It doesn't matter to me if it's short or long. Yeah. All I want you to do is, how about do what I did, yeah. which was what? Not be disobedient to what you're feeling. Mm-hmm. So I think about uh, Tina having been here with us a couple of weeks ago." The week before Tina got baptized, we met at Fed Melinda and I met her at Federal Coffee. And she was struggling. She's like, I believe in God. I believe in God. And I just don't know if I can say it's Jesus. Like, I just don't know. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if I should get baptized. It was Thursday. Right? And what I told her is I said, we journeyed with her for quite a while. I said, okay, here's the deal. You trust the tug, don't you? And immediately, no reservation. She's like, yes. And I trust it. I know exactly what it is. I said, then just... Continue to trust the tug. Mm-hmm. No tug, pump the brakes. <laughs> just, that's what you trust. That's the economy of the language God is talking. Just trust that, right? And she did, and the letter that she wrote the day she was baptized called Jesus Lord, man. It was the cool, I was fist pumping, <laughs> dude. And you know what? That wasn't me. It was saying what, what Paul basically said. I certainly yeah. didn't use these words. But like, just follow 
and don't be disobedient to the call. Mm -hmm. Just follow the tug, as we would say, right? Mm -hmm. Follow the call. And she, she did. And I think that's amazing. Paul's like, look, dude, I'm just telling you my story. You can follow it now. You can follow it later. And what I guess I hope is that I hope that's how this church gets built, mm. <laughs> foundationally and structurally, and in multiple locations or whatever the plan of God is, that it grows that way mm -hmm. because it's the Spirit that's making all these connections, and people are just simply following that. That's the one I really trust. I trust that way more than I trust me. For sure. Way more than I trust yeah. me telling people. Mm -hmm. Well, let's pray. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'll pray. I'll lead it. I don't get to do that. I usually call on y'all, but yeah. I'll, I'll do it. Lord, it's in harmony. thank mm -hmm. you for calling. And thank you for um, mm -hmm. the intersections that you've done in all of our lives. They look different, but it was you. Sometimes we think we loved you first, but that's not true. <laughs> You loved us first. We responded to your love. So I pray that through the conversation and the words of this podcast, that anybody listening, first time or every time we are on, they hear whatever, now or later, short or long, right, that when they're feeling that tug, they say yes, and that the power of the Spirit is not something that comes to them now, but something they realize has been with them and calling them and guiding them. And so let the power of the Holy Ghost give them truth and let the power of the Holy Ghost give them courage mm -hmm. to say mm -hmm. yes and not be disobedient to the calling, not be disobedient to the, to the vision or, or as, as sometimes we say, not, not disobedient to the tug. Lord, we want this church built on you, on the revelation of who you are, and on the power of your spirit. We surrender our own agendas to that. We surrender our lives to it. We surrender our ministries to it, this is the part where we decrease and you increase. And we pray it would be so and that the foundations of this community of faith would be built so strongly on that, the foundation of our lives and our families, built on that, the rock, Christ Jesus, let it be so. And we pray it in your name, Jesus. Amen. 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 Jesus is the way. Yeah. We'd love <laughs> I love the conversation. Yeah. All right, yeah. man. Hey, Josh, thanks for joining, bro. Thank you. Arnick, we miss you, man. Mm -hmm. And I uh, love you guys. Thanks for your faithfulness and mm -hmm. friendship to be here. Everyone, thank you for joining us today. Uh, we hope this is a meaningful and edifying conversation for you. Again, we're wrapping up the book of Acts. Next week, uh, we'll do the last two chapters, 27, 28, and then we get to go right into the writings of Paul in Romans 1. Mm -hmm. So if you haven't been reading along with us, please pick up right now. Yeah. No hesitation. What better time. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, please do. So until next time, be blessed, grace, and peace. <laughs>